Are you ever curious what's going on behind the scenes in Hollywood? You watch a Netflix show or a Marvel movie and you wonder, why was that person in it? Why did this movie get made? I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, on the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, we're going to bring you short, digestible episodes featuring some of the smartest people I know breaking down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Follow The Town now and listen on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. here dk can you hear me i can hear you I all am right in shock i'm in a state of shock at the moment the day has come russell wilson has been <laughs> traded to the denver broncos there are a thousand details to get to but just right off the bat dk you are a lifelong seahawks fan how does it feel uh it does feel weird it's very very weird you know i think my whole time this past like year because there's been talk of this going back to last off season i haven't really ever believed that they were going to do it um, my literal first reaction was that, man, Russell Wilson must be annoying for them to actually <laughs> like go through and do this. Um, you know, I don't know how exactly how hard he'd been pushing for it. Obviously, it sounds like he's been pushing for it pretty hard on, on you know, behind the scenes. Um, but I just never really thought that they would do it. It's 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 just strange. Like Pete Carroll, 71 years old. Um, the Seahawks have been a competitive team for, you know, each of the last like five, six, seven, eight years. And they've always had a good offense. Um, you know, obviously with Russell Wilson getting hurt last year, that definitely hurt their chances of going to playoffs. But I don't know. They've just been a competitive team for so long that I just didn't really believe that they would do this and kind of like try and hit the reset button. So, um, yeah, it's definitely bizarre. So, DK, Adam Schefter just tweeted the trade package. So we're live on Green Room. Shout out to the people in the comments who are putting this in. Uh, shout out Matt Leland. But Schefter wrote... So the trade package is Seattle gets quarterback Drew Locke. Mm -hmm. They get tight end Noah Fant. They get the defensive lineman Shelby Harris. They also get two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth rounder. Denver gets Russell Wilson and a fourth rounder. So to first say off, that again, 
I just two first love rounders. The <laughs> Go ahead. It's really if you think of it, if you kind of convert the players, it's like Noah Fant they just took with a first round pick. So it's kind of like three first rounders, two second rounders, and Drew Locke and called Shelby Harris. <laughs> so how do you feel about that compensation, DK? Uh I don't know. Like, look, the Drew Locke thing I think is gonna be something that people talk about. I'm sure it's just like them looking at that as like they're the the Broncos aren't going to do anything with Drew Locke going forward. It's it's that's just a throw in. It's not like the centerpiece of the deal. I mean, he might have a chance to compete to start next year, but I'm guessing the Seahawks are probably going to go the draft route and or big name or bigger name free agent route. Um, no fan. I think he's a good player. He's an ascending player. He fits what they want to do. So that's a good piece. I wouldn't say again, it's not like necessarily like this game changing piece or whatever that, that they're getting back. I, uh, you know, Shelby Harris is whatever. I think the the real deal is the two first rounders, the two second rounders and a fifth. Um, the fact that they're giving back a fourth is kind of hilarious to me. Like, <laughs> like you're giving them Russell Wilson and a fourth. Um, you know, I guess that was just Denver haggling, but yeah, I mean, I, look, I've, I've been against trading Russell Wilson from the start. Like my, my, I've always said, like, it just doesn't really make sense in my mind for them to trade Russell Wilson when you have a team like this that's ready to compete in a very tough division. I think you're going to have... This is potentially going to set the Seahawks back a few years. Again, they're in the NFC West. Everyone else is ready to compete at this point. Everyone else has a quarterback. Now the Seahawks are going to be in that QB um, question mark zone with, like, a lot of teams that just are middling every year. So to me, this doesn't make a ton of sense. I, You know, I think that the the what they're getting back like on paper looks fine. Two first rounders, two second rounders, a couple of good players. Um, you know, I think that like on paper again, that looks fine, but like just overall, man, I can't like, I really still, I'm just shocked that this actually happened. I was going to say, you're talking like an analyst, but I want you to just be a Seahawks fan for a second. How do you feel? Like, does this make you mad? Are you dumbfounded? Like, how does, how do you feel about your team just traded away Russ? Like, how does that feel? It doesn't make me mad. If anything, like, I'm intrigued. I'm like fascinated how this is going to go. Like, obviously, they're resetting everything. It's bizarre. I, like I said, I never wanted them to trade Russell Wilson. I was against it the whole time. I thought it was a dumb move. I don't know if this makes them better. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of fascinated by what's going to happen now. And and by the way, I'm a draft guide guy. They have the not, I'm assuming this first rounder is this year's first rounder, which is the number nine overall pick. So that means they could maybe be in the market for like a Malik Willis. Like this is super exciting all of a sudden. It's totally different. Um, and again, I uh, like just to be totally clear, I actually don't think this is like the right thing to do for the Seahawks. But again, it gets really interesting. Like this is going to be a fascinating thing going forward for this team, which has been sort of in the same mode for the, like, la- the last seven, eight years where it's like every year you can kind of expect the same thing from this team. Um, now everything is going to be different. So I guess on that level, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. It's just like fascinating. I think it's crazy what this does to the landscape of the NFL too, right? Like the two Western divisions, like you have the NFC West, which now the Seahawks are like officially kind of in a rebuild or at least a pause till they get a quarterback. And now it's kind of the Rams, the Niners and the Cardinals. But now the AFC West, you got Russell Wilson and the Broncos, You've got the Raiders who are whatever, but like still, they're not bad. Then you got the Chiefs and Mahomes and Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They're in the same division. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. The West, that's going to be a really interesting division, really, really tough division, obviously, for years now. Um, You know, obviously, from a fantasy point of view, it's super exciting for Broncos because you've got all these really talented players in that in that passing game. You've got the good run, like the running backs, Javante Williams. Um you know, it's going to make things very interesting for that team from a real world perspective. They probably are going to be 
a playoff contender slash maybe Super Bowl contender going forward. I say, you know, so that makes it really, really interesting. But again, how many teams are going to get out of that division? How many teams are going to make it into the playoffs from that division? It's going to be, it's going to be tough. So, um, yeah, man, I'm still trying to process this, by the way. If people can tell, I'm still just like sort of in a state of shock. (laughs) We have a lot of time to talk about Russell and the Broncos. While you're in your state of shock, I want to kind of tease out your thoughts on the Seahawks here because you've rooted for the Seahawks for so long. You've rooted for Russ for so long. I think my question for you, DK, you the Seahawks just traded two first rounders for Jamal Adams, yeah. kind of on the thought that they would be Super Bowl contenders, and they're not. Now you're getting back two first, two seconds, and a couple players. How does that feel? Like, like, is that like like? Do you feel like you got enough, or do you feel like you just gave up a quarterback <laughs> and doesn't matter? Um, it look. That's the thing is like you said, the Seahawks traded two first rounders for Jamal Adams in the it, going back throughout the last six or seven years, whatever it has been like the Seahawks have been atrocious in the first round and they haven't picked in the first round a few times too. So um, when you look at it from a point of view of the Seahawks haven't done very well lately to convert those first round picks into quality um, productive players, it doesn't feel like enough. And the fact that like drew Locke and Shelby Harris are, are kind of like, <laughs> like, you know, on the marquee of this trade is just like hilarious to me a little bit, but um if they were going to trade Russell Wilson, which apparently, obviously, they were willing to do and and wanting to do because, you know, again, going back to what I said at the beginning, maybe he's just so annoying they just wanted to reset and get get like get back to doing Pete ball and, and running the ball and playing defense and all that. Um, you know, if they're going to trade this guy, this quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, top 10 quarterback, top five quarterback, potentially, um, you know, you better get back multiple first rounders. And, and again, adding two second rounders is nice. Um, adding a guy like Noah Fant is nice. I'm not really too concerned about the other two guys, to be honest. Like Drew Locke, I don't think is going to be a starter in the league. Um, so, you know, like again, on paper, that's what you're looking to get back if you're going to trade your quarterback, but it still does not feel like enough to me. Just like if you're talking emotions and and expectations for what they're going to do with those picks, it does not feel like enough. So I want to ask you a couple more questions and then I want to bring some people up so you can hit the request to speak button and then we're going to bring some people up to ask us some questions and stuff. Uh, I I want to shift gears to the Broncos for a second, TK. Who, how would you rank the AFC West teams now? You got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. You got the Raiders and Derek Carr. Assuming Derek Carr comes back, I, I think he right. will. Where do you slot in the Russell Wilson Broncos into that pecking order? Um... That's a tough question. I'd say the Chiefs are going to be the favorites still. You know, you got Mahomes, and they're still a very talented team. Um, I think it comes down to, like, who you believe in more with the Broncos and the Chargers. I tend to believe in the Broncos at this point, like, with what they have on defense, the pieces they have on offense, what Russell Wilson can do in that offense. Um, You know, obviously, the big X factor. Oh, and Von Miller apparently will be coming back. That is the word on the street. Is he signing with Denver right now? Wow. He's hinted Uh, at this, but, yeah, people in the chat are saying it. But it's it's, it seems like he would return. I think the there's a big wild card here too, which is the fact that they have a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, we don't really know what he's going to bring, to be honest. So um, I would say it's like it's the Chiefs in their own tier, and then you got the Chargers and the Broncos, who are probably going to be competitive, and then throw in the Raiders, who I again I don't really know exactly what to expect from the Raiders. They were they were a playoff team, so you know maybe that maybe that they'll take another step, go forward, and and. Um, improve next year, but I think there's just still a lot of question marks with them too. So, um, again, this is like it's like the NFC West, but uh, you just like you could throw, you could put them in any different order. It wouldn't really surprise me. Other than the Chiefs, I think are going to be the top team in this division. 
All right, I, I want to bring up a couple of people. We're going to start with Dominic. Dominic, so Dominic. I'm going to bring up, you got to hit the unmute button and then you can talk. Dominic, all right, hit the unmute button. You can speak, Dominic. Uh, you got some cute dogs as his avatar. So Aaron Rodgers is off the table? Yes, sir. He's he's off the table. Okay, okay. Um, I, I actually think that without those twos that we got for Von Miller, I don't know if this is possible. Because I think... I think they they actually do need a lot of help on the team, especially like the offensive line. Mm. Like I think those twos that they got back for Von Miller really help, and I don't think that that's I don't think this is possible without it. And the only thing I really care about in this trade that Denver gave as a Broncos fan, the only thing I gave up that we care about is Noah Fant. Right, and tight ends are replaceable, and you got Albert O to replace them right away. So, <laughs> you, are you doing laps today as a Broncos fan? You're just over the moon. I'm talking myself into Russell Wilson a little bit. Um, the last few years haven't been super encouraging, but you know how many he's been to two Super Bowls and he's still 33. Yeah, I, think, I mean yeah. Russ has been absolutely fantastic. I don't think you got to talk yourself into Russ. I mean DK, like I mean that that's a simple question. But how good is Russell Wilson right now? Like, is he a top five yeah. quarterback? Is he a top ten quarterback? Where would you slot Russ in? I mean, honestly, look, look, if we're going to get into the weeds about if this is a this makes sense for the Broncos, I think that's an interesting point is like, yeah, Russell Wilson has certain limitations in where he's going to pass the ball. You know, he's been really, really bad on third down <laughs> throughout his whole career, basically. And so that's like those are big question marks. And and frankly, like, he doesn't like to throw over the middle of the field. Um, but you got a guy like Hackett coming in. Um, you know, in theory, they're they're they can come in and run like a Green Bay Packers style offense. Like you know, Aaron Rodgers is is very very efficient in that offense. They're going to marry the pass with the run. They're going to do a lot of play action. You know, want to play good defense. Like this is essentially now Packers West. And so, um, I do think that Russell Wilson will be good in that style of offense. Like that's what the Seahawks have tried to run. The question is, um, is Russell Wilson going to be happy if they have a very balanced offense and, and a very balanced attack? Because obviously, one of the thing the main hiccups like with Seattle was they didn't pass the ball enough, or at least that was sort of what the rumor was or what he was kind of pushing is like, he wanted to be able to cook more. And so um, if they come in and, and he wants to run like a really heavy pass first offense, I don't think that's going to work really well in the same way that didn't really work that well in Seattle, other than a few little short spurts. So um, at the end of the day though, I do think it is a, a huge, huge upgrade for the Broncos and makes them an immediate, like not only playoff contender, but like potentially a Super Bowl contender because they have the infrastructure in place, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, you know, Alberto, I think, is a starter quality tight end, which is the reason they were willing to trade Noah Fant. Um, Javante Williams is going to be one of the best young running backs in the NFL. I do think, you know, you make a good point with the offensive line. Like, who knows what's going to happen with this offensive line? But Russell Russell Wilson hasn't had a good offensive line in his whole career. So um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to move the needle too much for me. So, I, I, yeah, I think overall, like, bottom line, this is good for the Broncos. Really, really good for the Broncos. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? 
you take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right, we got we got Bill Simmons here in the green room. What's up, Bill? How's Danny doing? I'm just <laughs> checking in on Danny. How's, how you doing, Danny? I'm 100% just in shock right now. I, I'm still trying to process this. I really didn't believe it was going to happen. There were so many rumors for so long. I just, you know, I, I kind of, when I saw the news, it was like Adam Schefter tweeted it. I'm like, wow, this is actually real. So um, I'm in shock. What's your, what's your reaction? I had been hearing for the last few days that they were taking offers and I didn't want to tell you because it was such a, it's such a traumatic thing for you. I was going to send the text to you and Mina, but I just, <laughs> I, it's, you guys were fearing this day for what, a year and a half. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But I, I got to say, I thought you kind of won the trade. Do you? Are you, you're kind of down on Russell Wilson overall though, right? Is that kind of, I was. The, the, I, yeah. I didn't think he was good last year. I didn't. Um, and he's 33 and, uh, I don't know. I, were you going to win the Super Bowl next year or the year after? No, probably so now not. he's 35 and I don't know. I wasn't against it, but I do think it's, it's the classic, uh, you have to do this trade because of all the other mistakes your organization has made. You know, it's right. like the, the, the makeup move for all the mistakes. And then everybody kind of looks around and goes, okay, reset. But it's like, well, you're the reason we're resetting. So yeah. That's my take. How are you feeling? I mean, look, I said it earlier. I'm kind of fascinated. I, I really like fascination is like the overarching emotion I'm having right now. It's like I'm very interested with what they're going to do with this number nine pick overall. Like, are they going to choose a quarterback? Is Malik Willis in, the, in play here? Um, are they going to do the Seahawks thing and basically pick some player that nobody wants <laughs> instead at number at number nine and kind of like go from there? I, I kind of lean that's probably what's going to happen. But like, honestly, it would be really a fun if they decided to pick a quarterback there, whether it's Willis or or Pickett or whoever, I doubt it would be Pickett. I'm, I'm guessing if they're going to pick anyone, it would be Willis. But, um, you know, it, I think, it, again, I'm just kind of fascinated with how this goes. Now that it's sort of sinking in that this is real, um, I'm, I'm sure I'll talk myself into this over the next few days and, and it'll be kind of exciting going forward. But um, I think your point, though, like overall... It wasn't likely that they're going to win the Super Bowl over the next couple of years. And then, like you said, then they get to the point where... Um, you know, in two years, Russell Wilson getting kind of old. He still has the same limitations he's always had, but now he all 
now he really can't run and, and add in that part of the game. Um, and then you kind of like back yourself into a corner. You can still get a really good haul two first, two seconds plus a good tight end. Um, it's not the worst thing, but again, like if I, if I was like being totally honest, I would say don't make this trade right now. I think Russell Wilson's whole career has kind of come full circle because he started out as falling to the third round because he was too short. And now we're at the point where without, you know, we're dancing around it, but it's, is he elite or is he too short to be elite? Because when we're talking about, can he hit the middle of the field? That's a height thing. And I think that that's really what I'm interested in here is because if he's an elite quarterback and the Seahawks really have been holding him back all these years, then this is definitely worth it. But I also wonder, I don't know, like on one hand, I agree with Bill where last year he was bad, but also look, he had the finger injury. The Seahawks were kind of a disaster. I'm pretty interested to see how good they can be. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm DK. Yeah. Do you really think that, that do you think that Russ is limited by his, like, is he capable of running an offense where they hit the middle of the field or is he just not able to do it or they have not done no. it so far? I mean, we haven't really seen him do it. So why would we think all of a sudden he could start doing it? Um, so look there's also like the question of um was wilson like a good fit for the offense that the seahawks want to run um you know like they brought over the rams offense which i think does include quite a bit of over the middle of the field passing and like maybe russell wilson just isn't a good fit for that maybe this is them like resetting that too um but i think like you said like the over the middle stuff is limits what they can do it really limits what they can do on third downs and russell wilson has been terrible on third downs the seahawks base their entire um, scheme and philosophy on converting on third downs because they're very much believers in running on first and second down. That's going to set up, that's going to, like, quote, you, you hear Pete Carroll talk about this all the time, stay on schedule. It's going to set them up for a third and three, third and four. And they have to be able to convert on those. And Russell Wilson has been over the last four or five years like one of the worst in the NFL at converting on those situations. So um, maybe this was like finally them just being like, look, we can't, we're not going to be able to run the offense we want to run um, with this quarterback, you know, and in addition to the fact he's making like a huge amount of money and, and I guess like griping and, and being kind of a pain in the behind the scenes. Like, I think all these things like probably were the reason they decided to actually do this deal. So I do, I, again, like, I think it's fascinating. I, I don't know where the hell they're going to go. I'm going back immediately to like the Tavares Jackson offense when the early days of the Pete Carroll regime. And I'm just like, man, I don't want to watch that <laughs> to be totally honest. Like that Neither sounds terrible. Um, but I feel, I feel like that's where they're going to be next year. Bill, I'm curious if you think this is the legacy of Tom Brady leaving and like you've basically like Tom uh, Brady, Russ was what? No, it's true though. Russ was watching Tom Brady win the Super Bowl at the Bucks and was like, why am I not getting help? Aaron Rodgers basically got beaten by by the Bucks in Tampa Bay and was like, wait, the Buccaneers let Brady recruit Leonard Fournette and bring Gronk with him and the Packers won't even ask me if they're going to cut Jay Kumaro and Rodgers goes through his whole thing and basically is like, all right, fine, I'll stick with Green Bay and Russell Wilson. I feel like this whole day is like the legacy of Brady leaving the Pats. I thought you were going to be mean to Danny there and say it was the legacy of Brady winning the Super Bowl over Seattle. And nothing <laughs> that too. Has gone. I mean, that it's kind too of sense. Yeah. I, I don't think Wilson had as much say in this as maybe we think because I, I just didn't think he was that good last year. The weird thing to me was that he didn't run the ball as much anymore. And when he did, he wasn't that successful. You know, I, I think the first five years of his career, he was – so dangerous kind of flying around and i just didn't, never felt like he was flying around last year danny did you like did you feel like he was this multi-threat danger because no. last year he just seemed like more of a pocket passer who a lot of times like he he was making the wrong decisions or as you guys were talking about he couldn't see stuff down the field but i, I thought what made him special those first five years was his ability to move around and just didn't see it right. last year yeah i mean i think that was like a big problem is there were opportunities for them to have him run more and, and 
basically make defenses pay when he had opportunities to run more, and he just never, really never was. Obviously, he's not as fast as he used to be, but I think he's still fast enough to like make do some damage with his legs. He just didn't really do it. Over the last like four or five games of the season, he started to do that a little bit more. I remember there was one play where he run ran it in for a touchdown. Um, you know, I don't can't remember if it was a scramble or a design run, but like that was like the Wilson of old that we missed, like where he's he's making defenses pay with his legs, and it just didn't really happen the last couple of years. I think he wanted to prove he can be a pocket port, pocket quarterback. He obviously isn't, you know, as explosive as he used to be, but um, yeah, I mean that was definitely like part of the allure of Wilson is the, the what he can do with his legs. Hi, Fitz. To answer your question, I, I don't see the, I don't feel like this is a Brady thing to me. To me, this is like when Brady went to Tampa, the only thing he had to prove was that he wasn't old, but his, his kind of resume was unassailable. To me, Wilson's going to Denver and I, I do feel like he has a little bit to prove, you know, that first of all, that Seattle was willing to trade him. When was the last time an awesome quarterback got traded like this, you know? Does it doesn't really happen for somebody who's supposedly like an elite future Hall of Famer. So you have that piece. And then you have the piece of like people, I guess, talking right now is, is he as good as he used to be? And my personal take, I've watched football every week last year, like you guys, I didn't think he was that good last year. So, you know, I think there's more risk for Denver because if they think they're getting the guy from 2015 and it's the guy from 2021, mm. that's a disaster of a trade. You know, you, you kind of can't, why no one back on the other hand if you're denver and you had the quarterbacks you had like heifetz did you start a bronco qb in the last three years on a fantasy <laughs> team not in the last five no manning noodle arm season what was that 2015 yeah so manning yeah. 2014 was the last time a broncos qb probably started a fantasy game well really i guess if you look at this this is the legacy actually of the broncos of the seahawks kicking the ass of the broncos in the super bowl and then the Broncos come back, they win. And the, like those two years, it's the Broncos and Seahawks are like oddly intertwined in like this kind of like this full circle of this eight year window where the Seahawks kick the Broncos ass. They come back with defense. The defense carries Peyton and then the Broncos go through this lull. But the Seahawks also have that lull with the defense dies. And now they're back to oh, actually let's just flip quarterbacks and we'll rebuild. It's kind of like this weird full circle. Craig, what's up, Craig? Craig, you had a take. What's going on? Yeah, Craig, what's up, man? <clears throat> DK, I can't help but feel like like the Seahawks are selling low a bit on Russ here. Like this is to me is like when you break up with your girlfriend and everyone's been telling you to break up with your girlfriend for years. And then you finally do it. And then you're like, <laughs> you well, it. shit, I'm single now. And <laughs> single's kind of hard. Like you don't want to be out here. Yeah. The timing of this isn't great considering the QB market is barren. And this is the worst QB draft class since the EJ manual year. And yeah. Okay. Maybe you get the ninth pick in this year's draft, but like, the Seahawks are going to be irrelevant now for the next five years. Well, no, they got the first and the second in uh, next year's draft. And next year, there's going to be like four or five quarterbacks that could go in the first round. Next year, there's like a lot. And, and to be fair, Jamal Adams, after his <laughs> surgery, I think everybody's thinking he's going to be good this year. He's, he finally had that torn labrum. Was that, I think the fourth time is the charm they usually say with the torn labrum. Mm, yeah. has, has there ever been an NFL player like Jamal Adams getting flipped for two first rounders and then i don't think the the broncos sorry i don't think the seahawks even get one first rounder from right now oh no 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 absolutely way. not yeah <laughs> no i don't even think belichick gives like a third rounder for him i was gonna say i'm not even sure they give a, get a second rounder at this point to be totally honest i like so craig's theory i think craig's theory is the right theory it's a lot of people telling the seahawks they should break up with their girlfriend <laughs> they don't want to be out here 
But then you have Denver who's like, we, you know, and they can say all they want. Oh, no, no, we wanted Wilson the whole time. But come on, they were waiting. The, the Rodgers timing of this cannot be a coincidence. I think they were waiting on Rodgers. That was who they wanted, and Wilson was the backup plan. Nobody will be able to convince me otherwise. But do you think Rodgers chose do – you, do you think that Rodgers basically had his choice between Denver and Green Bay and went back to Green Bay, or do you think that the, the Packers weren't satisfied with Denver's offer, Bill? Well, let me ask you guys. Like, if he goes to Denver, you still have to pay him the $50 million a year, right? Wilson's not making that much. You right. know, and you probably have to give up a little more for Rodgers than you did for Wilson. So, but I still think, I still think it would, I think they wanted Rodgers. I don't care what they say. I think we'll find out in some Peter yeah. King, it'll be like buried in a Peter King's Monday notes column five weeks from now that the Broncos actually thought they had a chance at Rodgers and then it didn't happen. I think that's correct. Also, Bill, you were big on like the West this year, NFC West, AFC West. What is, where do you think the Broncos are in the AFC West pecking order and how many West teams make the playoffs next year? Well, that's a big piece of this, right? The NFC West, where the Niners, if they're going to do Trey Lance, I like them way less. If Kyler Murray is going back to Arizona as uh, uh, being a weirdo, I like them less. <laughs> and then <laughs> the Seahawks, is this going to be Drew Locke? Is this going to be uh, Carson Wentz? Like, Danny, get ready for all the usual suspects because oh, they're yeah. all going to be floated your way. Minshew, baby. It's Minshew's time. Oh, now... Now you're talking. <laughs> if you're telling me Minshew is if this is everything you just got from Russell Wilson and Minshew, now I'm in. Yes, we got him, I'm ladies in. and gentlemen. Got, got Craig, him. you're not in on that Minshew in Seattle. These from Wash. I want Minshew anywhere he's on the field. You know, anywhere he can take a snap. <laughs> I want Minshew. I got to tell you guys though, with Russell Wilson now in Denver, I was just about out. I think I declared myself officially breaking up with Russ at the end of this year in fantasy, but this is like Godfather three, you know, now I might be back in. Now Russ might have something to prove like Harden on Philly. Maybe he's, maybe he's got something to prove now. Oh, I'm the backup choice to Aaron Rodgers. I'll show you. Yeah, you're right. Denver should float out that he was the backup choice. Cause they from should. a motivation standpoint, that's, that's, that's a plus, not a minus. Or the Seahawks or the Broncos should just trade for Jordan love and have him sit behind Russell Wilson. Just see how it makes him feel. Yeah, that's tough because they, they they had cameras there for that Jordan Love start, right? The, the, the video <laughs> for that. I think there I think there were recordings of it somewhere out there. I don't know. If It'd be funny if the Packers like, no, no, we didn't have we didn't have cameras there that day. No, I'm pretty sure it was televised. Yeah, I don't know. Who, Danny, who's your worst case scenario for Seahawks QB? Jameis. Oh God, Jimmy G. Oh, <laughs> Jimmy G. That's your oh, worst Jimmy? case. Because they're gonna have to trade for him, though. Like they're gonna have to give up something for him. I'd rather have them just like you go like get like a Mariota or or Minshew like something really cheap that that won't like set them back. Um, I think they can get the same type of production from any of those guys as they can from Jimmy G. Mariota Minshew as a combo. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Don't ha- I don't I think Wentz actually is the worst case. DK, is this yes. what you wanted? Are you happy, DK? Week one's gonna suck. Oh my god, no! I'm telling you, my the first thing that went through my mind was the Tavares Jackson Seahawks offense. And I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to live that again. Um, and we're going to get it. We're probably going to get it here. Craig, I got a new nickname for DK. It's DKG because we're going to have to check his heart rate every week. Oh, my God. Uh, I think it's, is Russell Wilson a top 10 fantasy quarterback next year? 
Absolutely. Like zero question because I, I, they're going to throw more. And I mean, the, the offense that they have now with, I mean, Jerry Judy Sutton, I mean, this is going to, I think it's going to be a pretty fun offense, but I also think that they're going to, he, he's going to be throwing it more. I have to think with Hackett. I mean, Nate Hackett was the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars when the Jaguars dragged Blake freaking Bortles, the AFC championship game and would have beaten the Patriots. If not for that BS pass interference that was late in the game, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I think that Russ, I think Russ is probably going to be top eight, top nine. All right. Can I, can we go, can we go through everybody? Josh Allen, Josh Allen higher. Yes. Right. Mahomes higher. Rogers, Prescott, Herbert, Burrow. I have all those guys ahead of him. Yeah. Kyler. Also Kyler. You're forgetting Kyler. Kyler Stafford. Rogers. Lamar is Rogers higher than Russ now. I mean, I he's, so. he's won two straight MVPs. I think he yeah. has to be. Yeah. I guess now we get to Lamar, and that's when I start wondering. I probably would rather have Russ in a new offense. With yeah, he's fringe. He's probably in the eight to ten range. I think Russ is actually exactly ten because it's as Bill's saying: Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Kyler, Lamar. Rogers, Burrow, Dak, Stafford. I think Russ is exactly 10 because I'm not taking Jalen Hurts over Russ. Who knows about the deal with Trey Lance, Fields, Kirk Cousins? Like, he's exactly 10. Oh, Mac Jones. That's 10. So Russ is 11. (laughs) Wait, uh, Craig, this is huge for your guy, Judy. Yeah, I was. That's another guy. Back in. I was all out on Russ and Denver. It's like they've combined this super team of all the players I hated in fantasy are now all together. Um, so I might just have to be all in again. I, I might just have to stack <laughs> Jerry, Judy, and Russell Wilson. And if I if I lose, I just quit fantasy forever. Is it Judy Sutton? Who's the, who's the other guy? Who is that? KJ Hamler? Yeah, Hamler. He's coming off an ACL, <laughs> but yeah, Hamler. Alberto, Javante Williams. Alberto's really good. They're, the new tight end, honestly, the reason I think one of the reasons they traded Noah Fan is they think that Alberto is actually better than Noah Fan, who they took in the first round. Right. Jerry Judy really hurt my feelings last year. This is a do or die. And you hurt my feelings for pushing Jerry Judy on me. So it was like everyone's feelings were hurt. I'm going to do it again. Okay, but you two also pushed the Jaguars on us. And that was just yeah, a disaster. That was like a week. Of, that was a dark time. That was, yeah, it was two weeks. It was the two weeks before we drafted our teams, Craig. Yeah, that was tough. Well, I also lost money on that, too, with the Jags to 20 to 1 to win the AFC South. <laughs> that, that was a write off in a week. Danny, Kelly. Yeah. Is Noah Fant the most Seahawky guy in a while? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Just because he's like super athletic, but maybe not living up to like yeah potential. Yeah, you're you're back. You're back with like the the potential checks all the boxes, but there's just this one piece that's missing. But yep. Yep. mid-August, somebody writes the piece about how great he looks in training camp. <laughs> it's your kind of guy. I'm already I'm already there with it. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing we haven't discussed is man, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I know, right? Well, there's now there's like potential that Lockett could get traded. Apparently, people are saying that he might be on the trading block too. It's weird because they just re-signed him to a contract before last year. Uh, but yeah, this changes things for DK Metcalf for sure, unless they, you know, go out and get a really good quarterback. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, Real life fantasy wise with with both Tyler Lockett and Devontae Adams, I can't think of other receivers that I have no idea how to value them without their current quarterback. I mean, I don't know how good Tyler Lockett is with a different guy because he's gotten right. just such a rapport with Rust that it's like those random nights where Tyler Lockett is 200 yards and two touchdowns once every season. I don't know if he's capable of that without Russ. 
And I don't really know. I don't, I don't know how confident I am to draft Tyler Lockett without if he's not right. playing with Russ specifically. Yeah. Oh, cool. We've seen that. That's That's been a... I've been doing fantasy football way longer than you guys. That's a staple of this guy was really good, but he has a way worse quarterback, but he's still really good. And then you have him and he, and he has like 49 catches for 680 yards. This is the Allen Robinson. Yeah. It's how about Larry Fitzgerald for like Larry the last Fitz. five years, five years of his career, basically. Ugh. DK, yeah, wait, we, while, we're, while we're doing that, you got a DK, you have a mock draft coming out on Thursday. You've got your updated big board at NFL draft Good plug. And Let's say, so you guys have the number nine pick now, right? You have to, assuming it's, you have Denver's number nine pick. If you yep. are going to take a rookie quarterback at number nine, who do you want as a Seahawks fan to the Seahawks to draft at number nine? Malik Willis by like a lot, by orders of magnitude, <laughs> like by far. Um, I just think he would be, he'd be the most exciting, the most fun. I think he would work in the type of offense that they want to run where it's like utilizing uh, the quarterback into the ground game, kind of like early, early career Russell Wilson. Like a lot of play action, bootlegs, deep shots, and then quarterback running. Like I think they could do that. They could recreate that. Obviously, um, you know, living up to what Wilson did early in his career is a lot to ask. Um, but I think that that Willis gives them that style for sure. I, I definitely want him the most. And to be clear, you said that Willis has like will be the second best running quarterback after Lamar Jackson the moment he gets in the NFL. But he also has yeah. the arm of Josh Allen. Well, he has arm strength. Obviously, Josh Allen has done a ton to improve his accuracy. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, but like as prospects, like they're similar because Josh Allen had a huge, huge arm, but he was just really raw. Um, and I think Willis is the same deal. Willis, of course, is six foot two twenty, whereas Josh Allen was like six four, six five, two forty five, or whatever it is. Um, so they're not the same player per se, but they definitely have um, traits wise. They're they're both extremely athletic and be utilized in the run game and have big arms. So um, I, I would be wanting the Seahawks to bet on the upside for Willis more than than trying to take one of these other guys that might have a higher floor i know nothing yet i haven't done my nfl draft homework which as you know i i I do at the very last second like i'm in college but (laughs) um it worries me that there's this is not a good quarterback draft and right around what mid-march everyone starts talking themselves into yeah the flawed quarterback prospects and the guy if you're the best of the bad litter all of a sudden you start to look like the best looking puppy, but is it just because the litter is not great? I have a question for uh, Danny Kelly. Yeah. What? So you obviously you're texting with Mina Kimes the last <laughs> hour or so, yeah. right? Yeah. At what point of the day will one of you text the other saying, I can't believe we didn't get Patrick Sertan? Oh, it's already happened. Oh, it happened? Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. When did that happen? How, that was, how many uh, minutes after the here. trade? That was a good like 20, 30 minutes ago. Um, and I quote, is Sertan not part of the deal? Multiple question marks. I just assumed he was in it when I saw yeah. the Schefter thing and we didn't know who was in it. I was like, oh, Sertan's definitely in this. Yeah. But no, I, I didn't know. get him. I have no, a we question got, for uh, Bill. We got Shelby Harris, though. Drew oh, Locke. Yeah, thank God you get Shelby Harris. Is Shelby Harris is pretty good, right? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's throw-ins. It's just random people Pete Carroll and John Schneider wanted. I have a question for Bill. I Like, I think one of the themes... So, I've been thinking about this a lot because 10 years ago was the RG3 trade. And then it was like the first big move that Les Snead made as the Rams GM. And he got like a dozen picks. And they got almost nothing out of it. And he, and then Les Snead turned around and was like, man, I'm done with draft picks. And then they haven't picked since 2016. They deal all these picks for Stafford. They win the Super Bowl. Now you've got the Broncos being like, screw it. Let's just 
give away these picks. Let's just take a shot. Let's make a run. And I think there's an NBA vibe to that of like, you know what? We have a we have a three, really a two-year window, but you have to just people love the phrase pushing your chips. You have to give up your draft picks to make maximize the two-year window. Is there an NBA kind of style coming to the NFL, you think, right now? Yeah, a little bit, especially with the unhappy star piece of it. Because I'm sure stuff will start to come out over the next couple of weeks. Wait, do you think there's a hit piece from the <laughs> Seattle side, Danny Kelly, about like uh, Russ was more difficult behind the scenes than we realized, something like that? But I, I do think to answer the Heifetz question, yeah, the, the picks piece definitely, but also like the just the, the movement piece of it. I just think that's going to be all sports. Guys who... You know, in the old days, if you're unhappy, but you stayed unhappy forever, and now you have guys, you've Aaron Rodgers who's unhappy, and he made, and he won three straight MVPs. He's unhappy. Wilson's, well, I guess we'll find out how unhappy he was. Tom Brady was unhappy because the Pats had one year where they didn't make the Super Bowl, and so on and so on. So I, I do think NBA, NFL, it is starting to feel a little closer together. I think the difference with the NFL, though, is the, you really do have the guys at least for the first six, seven, eight years. Whereas the NBA, you have like the Zion situation where he's three years in and you don't, he, is he going to push his way out this summer? So I, the NFL, I don't feel like has hit that point yet. Do you guys? <sighs> I don't know. I'm still processing this. <laughs> DK's like just an emotional, he's like, what's that anchor man? He's like, I'm in a glass case of emotion. I was, just, I was thinking about what Bill said though, where he was like, When's the first Russell Wilson hit piece coming up? I mean, I the first thing I tweeted was like, imagine how annoying Russell Wilson must be that they actually traded him. <laughs> so, like, it's sounding like this was somewhat mutual in terms of like the Seahawks were not. It wasn't like Russell Wilson forced their hand here. Um, so I don't know. That's weird. It's I'm sure there will be reports over the next few days that like Russell Wilson was being kind of a pain in the ass. It's it's actually something that's been pretty obvious over the last couple of years. Like they, the Seahawks don't see eye to eye with Russell Wilson. Um, and maybe they don't view him at the same level as Russell Wilson views himself, which is would, would be hard to do because I think Russell Wilson sees himself as like an all timer. Um, but well, yeah. from a hit piece standpoint, we already had this stuff from five, six years ago about how the defense didn't like him, Right. Yes. You, had that, yeah. you had all of that stuff. Well, I mean, that was, I, I loved all that. You also have, if you're going to hit piece him, do the, he didn't really like Seattle, which will make all the people in Seattle furious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, if you like Seattle so much, why did he leave every off season? Yeah. So you could do that. And then the people in Seattle are like, yeah, why did he leave? It's great here. What a dick. <laughs> it's <gonna> um, <laughs> But yeah. And then there'll be like, you know, t- stories from like two meetings where he was a dick. And then that's, that's constitutes a hit piece. Yeah. DK, I it happened. DK, how acrimonious is this breakup going to be? What's the relationship going to be? I don't know. I, so, like, if it was a couple of years ago, so, like, there was always famously, like, it, like Richard Sherman clearly doesn't like Russell Wilson. Doug Baldwin was always sort of um, undermining him publicly throughout the years. Like, the whole Legion of Boom, I think, felt like they weren't getting their due credit because Russell Wilson was sort of, like, a game manager early in his career. And, um, you know, he, he does that thing where he's like talking about himself being <laughs> like a future hall of famer and all that, um, how he views himself. So I do think that there was a lot of like the players didn't really like him, but I doubt it's, it's super acrimonious between the coaches and, and Russell Wilson right now. I but think DK, what about the, what about the Malcolm Butler play? Remember that it was like, the so crazy when they felt like <laughs> yeah. they called that play because they wanted Wilson to be the hero. 
there are people on defense that felt that way. Oh yeah. Marshawn Lynch that. felt that way. Um, that they called a pass instead of a run at the goal line. Cause they didn't want Marshawn Lynch to be the face of like the team and all that, which, you know, people think that it doesn't matter if it's true or not, if people believe it. Right. So, um, there was definitely that part of it. And, and I think that was like one of the challenges Pete Carroll faced like over the years is, you know, a lot of the player, there was like a cult of personality in the, in the locker room with Marshawn Lynch with, um, you know, Golden Tate, who there was all those rumors around Golden Tate and Russell Wilson, by the way, which have, I don't know if those are true or not. Um, there was, you know, Doug Baldwin. They didn't really get along. It didn't seem like, so th- it, it was like more than one player is multiple players. And it felt like a lot of the time, um, you know, he, Russell Wilson wasn't necessarily the leader in that in that locker room for a long time. So maybe that they were trying, like over the years, they've tried to like add guys that would like be more on Russell Wilson's side, I guess. But um, at the end of the day, like, yeah, there, there, it's been over like throughout the years. It's been like some of his own teammates are like talking bad about him in the press. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah, like they resented him because he was the golden boy, kind yeah. of like how everyone at the ringer resents Craig. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, it's very similar yeah. to that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get traded soon. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're two first round picks material. Oh, that, Jamal he, Adams trade. Sertan's got to be a part of the deal. You guys. Uh, he's at least two first round picks. This is incredible on the rewatchables. All right, I have to go. Uh, Danny, congratulations on a new era, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Keep it going. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'll see you. All right, see you. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, thank you. I think we're going to wrap this whole thing up right now here, too. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. This was a phenomenal Green Room. DK, thank you for, I don't know how to say this, um, letting us mine your personal pain for content. Yeah, I want to, uh, let's just stay on here forever because I don't want to have to go through all my texts. I'm getting like <laughs> blown up. Like so many people are texting me right now. I'm like, I don't want to respond to any of these. I mean, I'm not in a state right now that I can do that. Um, yeah, God. Well, well you just, just just take a walk. Just don't bring your phone. And <laughs> yeah, just like, look, just you know, just think about walk. As uh, as you once said to me, we're all just, you know, floating on space dust through, you know, an infinite void and nothing matters. <laughs> That's true. I'm actually, I'm double downing on nihilism now, baby. It's all, I'm all in. Yeah. Okay. When the Seahawks are two and seven, you're going to be like, I don't even like football anyway. <laughs> I'm pivoting. Pivoting Incredible. to something else. No more fantasy. Okay. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig, for hopping on this and helping with production. Thank you, Pat Muldoon. Not Pat Muldowney. Thank you, Pat Muldowney and everyone at Green Room. Thank you, Connor Neverns. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Bruce Springsteen. The boss. <laughs> nice. We're just running out of classic here. <laughs> That's from Pat. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Beautiful. everyone. All Love right. you. Goodbye. And oh, wait, shout out NFL draft.theringer.com. DK's uh, draft, his guide is there. We're mock draft coming Thursday. Check out DK's draft, NFL draft.theringer.com. And the Ringer NFL Draft Show, aka the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, but it's, we're the Ringer NFL Draft Show. And if you like this green room, tap on our faces and you can follow us on Green Room. And then we also have Twitter. Our Twitter handles are there too. But tap on our face right now before you go and hit follow. And you can see us whenever we go live. We do a lot of start sit stuff, fantasy stuff, NFL. All right. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. And DKG, we'll check on your heart, baby. Did, <laughs> yeah. did Pat shout out Bruce Springsteen because the glory days in Seattle are over? Wow. Wow. That Greg. was a little, that was a low blow. Hurtful. Well, <laughs> yeah. Shout out Sierra. <laughs> yeah, that was better. Sierra. Shout out Damn Future it. and his, and Russell Wilson's <laughs> this, uh, Future as well. Oh, boy. Future and his son, future. Okay, goodbye. All right, I'm out. I'm out.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.